You are listening to Work Human Radio, pioneered by Globoforce, bringing more humanity to today's workplaces. You are enjoying our special edition coverage recorded live from Phoenix, Arizona, and Work Human 17. And now, here are today's hosts. All right. Good afternoon and welcome back to Work Human Radio. I'm your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Ray Ann Thorne. You know, uh, one of the reasons I always come to these events is the chance to hang out with some really amazing people who have been the thought leaders and the influencers in the industry, and it's uh, uh, always a treat, and we always learn something. I thought you were going to say the crazy people at these HR conferences. Well, that's the <laughs> next part of the that's introduction. That's the next part. Okay. Shoot, I ruined your introduction. Yes, Todd, it's a, it's a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to be here at Work Human and talk about the difference understanding, the different understandings that are out there about what it means to be a human working today because it it can take on different meanings depending on where you're working and what job you're doing and and how you understand the workplace and how you're helping the workplace it's it's been really a great conference so far it has been and it's our privilege to help uh continue to discuss and lead the the discussion around this working human and bringing humanity to the workplace and and uh, our two guests today had a pretty interesting conversation about <laughs> how uh, another way to look at this. So let's get right to it. We're joined by Robin Schooling. She's the vice president of HR at Hollywood Casino Baton Rouge. Robin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Todd. Hello, Ram. Hey. And we're also joined by Bill Borman. I'm sure most listening know who Bill Borman is, but he's the founder of True and a managing director of Innovation for Recruiting Daily. Bill, welcome, sir. Thank you. It's great to be on the show. Yeah, it's Thank good to you. have back you back with friends. Back with oh, I yeah, think my very first podcast in the space was with Bill. I'm sorry, if I remember it, right? Um, many uh, years ago. Many years ago, 2009. Well, we had to do it on the telephone before this stuff. <laughs> Blog talk radio. <laughs> Bill, was. I'm sure our audience is familiar with you, but uh, take a quick second. Tell us a bit about your work and what you're out there doing. Yeah, so I'm generally unemployed, so I have huge gaps of time, <laughs> and I fill that in with either running true events, recruiting on conference. We have about a hundred events globally. Um, I work with Recruit Daily on reviewing new new tech, and I do consultancy for companies like NASPERS and Oracle and BBC on anything in kind of that tech recruiting space. Outstanding. Robin, tell us your story. Well, I am a, a, an HR practitioner and uh, have spent uh, a number of years um, working in HR, working in-house recruiting, uh, and um, really like to connect people to um, what I like to call in-your-face trench real-world mm-hmm. HR. Um, we're not all tech companies. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of regular folks working. One, one of the really interesting things about Robin, if you follow her at all in social media, is she will share tidbits of HR stories that are, um, will blow you away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't even need to share the whole story. It'll just be, I'm going to just tell you this is what we're hearing and Yes, that actually happened. Most people say, "Did that really happen?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I and I only share, uh, like you said, sort of some of the surface things to protect the innocent and or not so innocent. Sometimes, of course. <laughs> there you go. And you, you two have done a. Have you already done your session together? Or yes. Yeah. Okay. Hiring for a challenging culture is that what mm-hmm. it was about? Tell us what That's that was what all it was. about. Um, so we approached it because it's it's a conversation that we've had over the years with some other things we've done. But um, uh, how are we how are we hiring right now when we're a, a, you know an HR leader, a talent acquisition leader, a recruiter, um, and we're working for an organization that has some challenges? Um, we might say it's a sucky culture. We might say it's a 
not the greatest culture. And even though that culture may be shifting or changing or there's kind of purposeful work to, to change some things, at the end of the day, you need to bring people in for what's happening right now. What's, what are the norms, traditions, behaviors, um, and, and how do you do that? Because what if you don't? Well, if you don't, you're going to have um, folks that are dissatisfied from the moment that they walk in. They don't know what the reality is because we've sugarcoated it. Um, and that, that tends to happen a lot. Um, mm, a lot. And, and uh, organizations that just put out a message that they think wants to be heard to get folks in the door, but they're the wrong folks. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of dissatisfaction, certainly from that new employee, but also their, their coworkers, their teammates, their manager, um, and everybody else that's involved. And so finding ways to, to do that better. But Bill, isn't every organization, isn't the culture of every organization challenging? I mean, because they have unique personalities and unique struggles and their own issues that they're dealing with. I think this is the point that everything's unique. Right. But the, one of the difficulties we have if you live in this kind of um, HR recruiting bubble is all of the case studies that you hear and all the stories you hear are about the Googles and the Facebooks and great stuff. And you hear very little about this is, uh, this is the place where we want to hire. I think the other point is we've gone away from actually what's happening in the job market. So organizations have worked very hard on getting applicants, not on getting employees. So how do I, we get people in the pipeline? We've made hiring like Game of Thrones. So the person who gets the job who's <laughs> alive at the end rather than the oh, one geez. who's the best person to hire. We've done all this kind of stuff for, for lots of reasons. Um, and I, I think we've, we need to get back to looking really at what culture is. Isn't it amazing that now in the year of 2017, it's a conference piece that if you tell the truth, that might be a good idea? It's kind of How about that? Yeah, How about that? yeah I, I, you know, I say it, and people are kind of, "Wow, that's really what we have to do." Yeah, just tell yeah, people the, what the general murmur. Like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I have a big belief that it, there's no such thing as a bad culture, which the HR enthusiasts try and run me out of town with pitchforks. But there's no such thing as a bad culture. There's just a bad culture fit. And while you might say, "Well, there's toxic cultures," there's also lots of toxic people who love working in those organisations. They love it. They love it, right? So it, it's got to be about truth-telling and just making it really clear and not worrying about applicants but worrying about employees. And, and I think focusing on the job and what the job is, the job brand rather than the whole culture brand because I think that's one of the big changes. Right. So do me a favor. So someone listening to this who says, well, what is he talking about? We, yeah. we tell the truth in our organization. <laughs> Give me an example of what you mean by that we're not, we're not doing that. Help someone right. understand what you really mean by that. We, we take taking a job, um, the, the view that I try and take is actually we try and create things like career sites, like dating sites. We try and create it like mm -hmm. our Tinder profile to say, "I'm going to make myself look the, I'm going to make myself look like Brad Pitt." When in fact, when I, t not that I would do that because I've been married a long time, but I'm using <laughs> that example in case Mrs. Borman is listening. You do kind of look like Brad <laughs> yeah, Pitt, yeah. yeah. But um, just w because we're worried about the fact that if we tell the truth, people won't want to work here. Uh, uh, right. So that's for me is fo focusing on the applicants, and, and what we've done as organisations is become excellent at attracting people who are never going to work for us. 95% of people who apply for jobs are unsuitable or unqualified. Right. Um, and, and I think we have to get back to that. This is the real story. Can, taking a job is like voting. You're not looking for the best place to work, actually. 
you're looking for the place that's least worst, mm. which is my polite version of it. I think it's kind of like choosing. So I've got to go work somewhere. Right. I've got to eat. So where's the place that I can tolerate the most? <laughs> right? Where my tolerance level is. Yeah. Because <coughs> the only people who talk about work in an enthusiastic way are extremists. They either the 10% of people who love their job so much that they don't give you a real picture and the 10% of people who hate it so they also fill in glass door and do that stuff and don't give you a real picture when what people want to talk to is those people in the middle who say it's okay and Robin will Robin, have loads Robin of stories hears, on that. She mm-hmm. hears you preaching because mm-hmm. I see mm-hmm. the finger going. <laughs> well and, and, and this is you know again this is a real world story um, and uh, you know, sharing it about my current organization, but I've been there about a year and a half. And when I walked in, you know, obviously it's the casino industry, it's gaming, it's it's fun, it's flash, it's sizzle. We're there to provide entertainment for our players. We're making that experience for them. But the actual jobs are incredibly hard, right. very, very hard. Right. And when I walked into the organization, the um, the presentation to applicants and then the actual onboarding experience was replicating the... Um, the guest experience. So it was fun. It was flash. There were jazz mm. hands. There was music. There was, we literally had a red carpet that people walked down and we had, um, you know, fake champagne and celebrated and it, <laughs> and it was lively. It was fun. And we played games and, and that was the last fun they those, had. Those were two well, days yeah, they of had fun. To go to work. <laughs> and the, you know, next day they came back to work their first shift and said, um, wait, this isn't, Where's the this, red carpet? This isn't really how it was. Yesterday when I was late to come into, you know, after the break, I was told to tell a joke, and that was how I got back in, and now I'm getting in trouble if I'm not yeah. on my shift on time. And so there was just this huge disconnect. And, uh, you know, it was not just the hiring experience. It just really was embedded through through everything with the, you know, buzzword alert employee employment experience. Um, and, and so part of that was shifting it and starting to tell the real story um, to applicants, and it can still be an enjoyable, exciting place to work, but the reality is, here's what you're going to do. Here's the and truth. you are going to be going into the bathroom and cleaning up the most disgusting things when you work in housekeeping, and you will be on your feet eight hours a day, right. and you will have you know, players who are very happy, and you'll have people who will be cursing at you, um, and this is the reality, and that had not been told, um, and so we made a shift to that, and, and I'm seeing the difference in that we have people um, who, we have more people who self-select themselves out right. through that early interview on. process. Early on. And you want um, to encourage that, actually. Absolutely. That, that solves yeah. the not-so-good culture fit problem. That's also a recruiter's job is rejection, not selection, mm-hmm. right. in right. my opinion. And we can facilitate that. Only well, one so. person isn't discriminated against. Yeah. Right? In right. the whole hiring <laughs> process, the one person that gets the job is the one that isn't discriminated against. Yep. So true. Exactly. And that's how you have to look at it. Yeah. I, everybody else, I'm making the choice to say, mm-hmm. you're not the right fit. You're not the right fit. You're not the right. Oh, you're the right fit. Come on. You can come. This is red carpets for you. Exactly. The fake champagne's for you. And exactly. The fit bit is a really important point that Ryan's making. I, I think when we look at the time we've spent on culture fit, increasingly what we're seeing is what that's actually meant is a lack of diversity. It's been a, this sure. type of person works. So what, we might call culture fit as in someone who would be happy in this environment and settle in from a recruiting point of view. What we've kind of got into, and we're automating some of that, is saying just people who fit in this box. These are the hypos, and that's all we're going to hire. These are the high-performance people. And I actually worry not about the high performers, but the 95% of other people 
who do the day-to-day right. jobs. And, and moving away from our thinking about culture fit being everything and what culture actually what culture actually is is that work experience. So, Robin, so we talked about the importance of truth-telling in the recruitment process, mm-hmm. in the hiring process. Uh, now that they're on, now we're mm-hmm. in the onboarding, and now we now we're looking ahead towards retention. Mm-hmm. How does that same principle apply in, in those aspects? I mean, I think the key is, you know, so here I, it it does come back to culture, but it's an organizational, um, uh, you know. Pfft way of doing things really and and so just that constant communication um is critical because again uh you know i'm in i'm in a high turnover industry it's service and hospitality turnover is there we know it is that's fine um but we want we want people to do their best while they're there hopefully take that and move on to something else if they're not going to stay with us and making sure that they are um getting that high touch experience one that once they come on board is is part of it um continuing to be open with here here again here's the working reality um we have transitioned to more um more feedback and working with our managers to do more feedback more frequent feedback and to really kind of keep that conversation going um we're very much an an in-your-face hr department we are embedded in the property we are you know, interacting with employees all the time. And so our role often becomes people, um, new employees, especially when they're in those first uh, 90 days, 90 to 120 days, um, they continue to feel the closest affinity with the HR team uh, until they fully transition to feeling that affinity right. with their manager or right. supervisor or whatever. So um, we often fulfill the role in those first critical months of making sure that that sort of onboarding, if you will, experience still continues. They come into us for questions. We handhold. We um, we continue that journey with them until they feel that they have settled in where they right. are. They're so ready to go to big school. There, <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, just one thing from what Robin said. I think at, at Danger, we're at a work human conference, but we have too much attention these days on... Um, too much attention on retention as being an important thing. And I don't actually think it is. I think if we look at the workforce, I think people are more focused on careers than ever before, just not, not careers with a company. And, and that's part of the attraction. It's not trying to attract you to come work with us until we give you a clock in 60 years. Stay forever. Stay forever. Mm-hmm. So um, the average length of service is 2.7 years in a, in a role, in an organization globally. People are going to move. And this comes back to the experience. However, you may work for us multiple times. The way in which we select you means we need to work with hiring managers not to select out what view like job hoppers. Mm-hmm. If you've got a traditional manager for a long time saying some, uh, right. someone who's 30 has had four jobs, therefore they're only going to come here for two years and we're kind of going, that's, that's how it is. So I think what's important is retention of the relationship which comes from the workforce experience. That comes down to attraction and branding and all that kind of stuff, is retention of the relationship, not retention of employment. And and that's one of the big shifts I want to see people make into that. So what you're kind of saying is it's 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 a shift from playing to win versus playing not to lose. Because you're, yeah. you're focused more on making sure they don't leave versus building a, an experience where they don't want to leave. You, know, you don't have to worry right. about it. Cause, right? is that but no, but actually it's good for people to leave. No, I we, we need to challenge that nowadays and say, actually, if people are 
moving around. If our relationship is good, they're going, they're coming back. The, the people who will give you the best referrals, the best attraction, are people who used to work for you and don't anymore. Yeah. And say, my, my yeah. um, service of duty with that organization was good. I learned good things. I learned from good people. And that's where I think people are much more focused in what they want to see on the job brand rather than necessarily the employer brand. It's much more about how is this job going to help me because I'm taking a job on the basis of what my next job is going to be. I'm not taking it from my... And if my experience is good and true to what I expect, I am going to leave in two years, but I might come back. I'm, so things like alumni is becoming key, attraction, having people in your CRM who used to work for you, so you're matching them to opportunities giving those people value from things like learning. I think learning and development is the big, the glue in the middle. If I can keep teaching you stuff when you're moving through your career, I'm useful to you. You'll always be receptive to say, yeah, okay, my, my experience was good. Now there's another opportunity. And what better than if I go and work for four companies and get four sets of experience, when I come back as a manager or a supervisor further down the line, I'm coming back richer and stronger and more experienced. And I think that's the, the tough thing is that all the time I'm hearing people saying quality of hire is equal to retention. I don't think it is. I think quality of hire is equal to performance of those people in the job. Hmm. Well, of course. Bill, um, when you and I met, oh, gosh, I don't want to say it was probably nine, ten years ago. Nine, ten years ago. It was. Recruit fest. There was um, a lot of talk about the differences between here hiring in the U.S. and hiring in the U.K. Yeah. Because of social and because of the, the way that we communicate more often now, it's, it's much easier for us to communicate just because of social media and so forth. Um, do you, are you starting to see those things align or is there still a big difference between how it's done across the pond? I think what you see everywhere is what I apply as an 80-20 rule. So 80% of what we talk about is roughly the same. It's going to be at different levels, whether we're talking about employer branding or attraction or retention. Right. But 20% is local. And you could do that on sure. a, a global basis. So, so for instance, if you're hiring in Europe... Um, 27 countries are not equal to 27 states. Right. If we compare it with the U.S. Right. Because for sure. legislation, language, cultural difference is significant. So um, the places where I look for inspiration is New Zealand and that kind of area. That's where I see the interesting stuff happening. But then if you go and look at something in Africa, I, I was working with an organization that have 5,000 employees, 3,000 are not online. But actually, oh, wow. the principles of what... <laughs> amazing. Uh, right. right. The principles of what we're trying to do is the same. The technology might be different. It might be. So different. we're okay. still seeing things like collaborative working. We're still seeing... We're actually still seeing the majority... We live in a bubble, all of us. I think Todd, Ryan, yep. Bobby, we live in a bubble of people who are doing excellent work and are forward-thinking. 99% of our companies out there are surviving day-to-day. -day. And the real world is those... Com companies and they are different country to country. Mm -hmm. Robin, those 99% uh, of those organizations that are that are struggling to get by day to day, what 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 can you share with them to say? All right, well, here's how you begin to turn that around and, and become become one of those organizations that's forward thinking and doing good work. And 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 what lessons can you can you share with that? And and what are you learning here at at Workhuman to to help uh, support that? I think um, you know to to Rayanne's point, how social and connections have really changed our our access to people and our access to information and our access to um, what other companies or other professionals are doing um, cannot be we we can't 
you know, underestimate that. That That's critical. And I always, I, I go and speak to a lot of, uh, again, sort of middle America, um, you know, HR professionals. I uh, did a lot of things with SHRM, different SHRM chapters and that sort of thing. And and I I always just push people to to be curious and to keep learning and to explore. It's so easy to get to get information. I I push everybody the you know HR open source and groups like that and and just to start connecting with people and seeing what's out there. And I and I think that's the first thing. That's an individual decision that any profession, but HR practitioners really need to make. And um, you know, a lot of times they'll say, oh, I don't have the time. I don't have, um, you know, the ability. I, you know, oh, well, I'm really not interested in that. I'm happy getting my monthly HR magazine once a month in the mail. Um, and that's all they rely on. And, you know, I, I get kind of on my soapbox and I kind of take them by the hand and say, no, I want to actually show you where you can connect with people and ideas and resources. That's where it needs to start is that individual practitioner. And then, from an from an HR perspective or a talent perspective, that becomes then the the opportunity, but also I think the obligation of that HR leader to bring along the you know the, their senior leadership team to really go in and talk about here his here is how HR can add value to the organization. We're here to support the organizational goals and make sure you meet you know meet the strategy things that we're working on as an organization. But I'm an educated, informed HR professional, so I'm going to come in and I'm not just going to talk about HR, I'm going to talk about all these other cool things that are happening that impact us, whether that be politics, whether that be, you know, things that are specific in a community, whatever. Um, I do see that changing. I mean, I would say that over the years that I've worked in HR, I do see more HR professionals who have made that leap and are consuming newer ideas from a variety of sources and are bringing that back to their organizations and starting those conversations. I, I do see that shifting. As much as I make fun of HR sometimes, which I can because I'm in it, um, <laughs> I, I do see that changing. I have hope. Good. And I see that um, the reason I love working with Robin is I talk about some stuff which is strategic and blue sky thinking and what's happening in sure. the world. Here's the trends. And Robin's going, this is today. I have to deal with this thing today. I have this issue. And I think for most people, somewhere in the middle is probably the moment of truth between I need to think about this strategy, but it's too far away, to I need to deal with my day-to-day and it's a bit different. And the more that people can connect and collaborate, the more truth they can find in it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, unfortunately, we're running very low on time. Uh, Robin, before I let you go, uh, should anyone have any questions of you or want to learn more about your work, how do they find you? Uh, I am... uh very findable. Um, so robinschooling.com, robinschooling on Twitter, LinkedIn, same thing. You know, Google me, find me, reach out. I love to chat. All right. And Bill, how can people find you, you know, since you're unemployed Facebook. and such? Facebook. Is the pro- I don't have a phone number anymore. And don't email me. I won't read it for a week or so. So <laughs> Facebook, Slack. Um, I look at Twitter occasionally these days, but Facebook or Slack or LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn every day checking in. So Find me, friend me. He's a multi-slacker. Me. I love Slack. I, I can't love stand Slack. the... I, uh, not me. I love it. I love it. And oh. that's also my phone. So There you go. Because gotcha. what I need is, because I travel the world, I need data, data yeah. not a phone number. As long right. as I can log on, I'm done. Gotcha. There you go. Bill Borman, founder of True and managing director of innovation for Recruiting Daily and Robin Schooling, the vice president of HR, Hollywood Casino, Baton Rouge. Robin, Bill, 
Great pleasure to have you. Thanks for stopping Thank by and Thank joining you. us. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. That's all the time we have for now. Todd and Rayon signing off from Phoenix. We'll see you again very soon on Work Human Radio. Work Human Radio is brought to you by Globoforce, pioneers of the work human movement. Globoforce helps make work more human for millions of people and organizations worldwide. Learn more by visiting Globoforce.com and join the Work Human movement by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and the Work Human Community Forum on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening to Work Human Radio.